Hello and welcome back to the Healthy Entrepreneur Club podcast. In today's episode, I want to talk about unlocking the true value of well-being and the notion that health is wealth. So many of you, I mean, all of us will have heard the, the phrase health is wealth. And actually, there's two ways about thinking of this, you know. So health is wealth is very much the idea that if you have got health, you are wealthy. There's nothing more to be had. That is the number one currency in the world. If you can look after yourself and you've got you know, those basic uh, health and welfare uh, things in order, you are therefore wealthy. The second way of looking at this is more, if you have health, you're more likely to be able to build wealth. And that's the part of, of this we want to talk about and discuss today. Part of what the Healthy Entrepreneur Club does is look at how we can build that foundation of health to help us grow our business. So we want to decrease stress, we want to decrease burnout, overwhelm and loneliness in order to be able to grow the business, look at the strategies, look for the big vision in the future and go forward. So today's episode really is about uh, health as wealth to be able to drive us forward. So the the usual understanding or the traditional understanding of, of wealth is focused on purely financial aspects. So, you know, if you go back 30, 40, 50 years um, and you talk about wealth, you'll, you'll straight away be thinking about old money. So you'll be thinking about people that have come from money, they've got property, land, you know, wealth is very much associated with things and having and material items, but also assets. Whereas coming forward into, you know, 2023, we're really now starting to think about wealth as much more um, sort of a free concept. So there's definitely health in there. There's also things like time and, uh, you know, a free ability to think about other things and spend time doing what you what you would like to do. So I think there's certainly a change from traditional outlook on what, what wealth is. And, you know, the importance of health as a form of wealth is becoming more and more so. That has obviously always been, um, you know, uh, prize put on health, uh, but it's never been more so than now. And especially as entrepreneurship and the entrepreneurship revolution, a great book by Daniel Priestley, uh, you know, it's, since that has happened and there's become more and more entrepreneurs, um, you know, 1,400 millionaires have moved to Dubai in the last couple of months. Obviously, that's a, a, a stat based on Dubai, but what I'm trying to show there is there's never been such an entrepreneurial group, you know, in the world over, over time. And what we're seeing now is that people are making money. And as they get through their journey, they start to become more financially free. They then start to think about health. You see a lot of successful entrepreneurs who will say, you know, I'm now focused purely on health. And the reason that that's happening is that they realize they didn't put their health first as part of their journey, which is a really interesting point because some people do genuinely believe that you can't put your health as a high priority on your journey to entrepreneurial success. But there are so many case studies where they're saying, you know, Bill Gates is an example, Brian Johnson, a great example, where they're saying, I really should have put my health as a high priority, I actually would have achieved more sooner if I had put my health as a high priority. What they're, what they're not saying is, I'm gonna spend three, four hours a day on, on mindful activities, exercise, you know, doing the right thing. There's a different way of thinking about that. It's, it's looking after your mental health and your physical health in really efficient ways, being in a supportive community that benefit you on your journey to entrepreneurial uh, success. Brian Johnson is a great person, if you don't follow him, on his various platforms, on including Instagram, he's the guy that um, he sold his company for something like half a million dollars, 
uh, and he's then basically put his entire life into trying to stop his aging process. He's a great person to follow. You can buy his sort of his uh, framework for I think $2 million, but he has scientifically proven that his aging process theoretically is going backwards. So he's not getting younger, but his body is staying the same internally. It's just a really interesting um, sort of theory and, and journey to follow because he's just showing that, you know, if you make money, you want to have your health back. You know, you want to have your time back and you want to increase the amount of time you have in the future by improving your health. What they're actually saying is, if I looked after my health younger, I wouldn't be having to do this. I'd be able to have grown my business and look after my health at the same time. So there's obviously, as we mentioned there, a, a massive connection. We all know this between physical, mental and emotional health and therefore overall prosperity. And I think one of the things in, in the modern day is that we're looking more about mental health, which is brilliant because in the last 10, 15, 20 years, there's been a big push for physical health. And, and there's more people doing physical activity now than there ever has been. But the, the idea or the, the process of looking after your mental well-being is becoming more and more at the forefront of society, which is really, really good because we know that physical health goes to some extent to, to benefit your mental health. And it's certainly a foundation. You know, if you can get in, you know, five to 10,000 steps a day, if you can do a bit of maybe 20 minutes of, of high intensity or at least raised heart rate, activity two or three times a week you're at lower risk of so many diseases and you're going to feel so much more productive so it's not the short-term benefits there are so many um, wider benefits in terms of fighting disease and obviously in the short term you're going to increase your productivity you're going to increase your creativity by allowing yourself to um, you know get your body moving get more oxygen around sleep better you're going to then eat better it's all an often effect of of habits really and as, as a connection between physical health, you then obviously look after your mental health. There are other things we can do there, like stress practices, mindfulness practices, even just writing. Writing is so, so important, especially when we've got things like ChatGPT, which are fantastic for content creation and you know, the way that I use it, and I've got a, a, a prompts document that I share with our club members. I use it and I set it up as a director or a marketing manager, and I can bounce ideas off it and chat to it like a, uh, like a consultant almost. But what, isn't, what I don't like to use it for is writing up my ideas. I wouldn't say to it, give me ideas for this, give me ideas for that, in terms of clarifying my own process, because it's so important to, to spend time writing and really clarifying your ideas and taking them to a, a deeper level. So, you know, on, on that note, there is some incredible stats around the benefit of looking after yourself in terms of your physical and your, your mental health. I've got one here. It's an American study published in the Journal of American Medical Association that effectively says that um, individuals with health conditions spend an average of 33% more on healthcare expenses compared to those without healthcare conditions, without health conditions, sorry. Um, and the increased financial burden has, had, has been shown to have a significant impact on personal finances, which limits the ability to save, invest, and accumulate wealth over time. So what they haven't done there is give the stats on exactly that increased burden and what the significant impact is but it's enough to say that 33% um, increased spend on healthcare especially in countries that don't have you know the national health service like we do in the UK that's a massive amount so that's effectively looking at the money that you would have earned if you're employed or not or not employed um, you've obviously then been taxed you've got corporation tax VAT income tax um, and then and then you're basically saying if you don't look after your health not only are you not going to have as high creativity, productivity, you know, the things that we already talk about in the Health Entrepreneur Club, 
but you're also going to have less money to spend on those activities that are going to help you because you haven't looked after your health in the first place. And looking after your health is effectively free. And it's one of those things that you just have to build in habits for and prioritize to make sure that you're taking yourself forward. So most people will prioritize their business forward. If you prioritize your, yourself first, go into that basement level before you start building those first steps of that skyscraper. You wouldn't build a skyscraper by going from the ground and to level one. You'd go down levels first to start looking at where the true strength comes from. So the next thing I wanna talk about is the economic impact of health. So obviously we touched there on an example of an economic consequence of poor health. But actually there's more than that, isn't there? So if we look at it from a business point of view, someone with poor health is going to be less productive, less creative. We've had, we've had these, um, we've brought these up already. But also looking at the other pillars of our shares methodology. First thing is social, right? So if you're gonna look at someone who doesn't socialize enough, they're gonna have less partnership opportunities. They're gonna have less business opportunities. And this is a really good example of something I spoke about on LinkedIn recently. Um, it's also in our, our quiz, you know, the free quiz to find out how healthy you are as an entrepreneur. Many entrepreneurs believe that others are getting more opportunities than them. They can't understand why. And the main thing that we talk about is how often are you socializing? How often are you getting out there? How often are you posting content? How often are you speaking to other people? Socializing is really important for business, but it's also super important just for your mind as a human being. You know, if you're an introvert or an extrovert, it, it really doesn't matter. There are different places and different ways to socialize, be it online, in person, whatever it is, through sports or through different clubs. Getting together and certainly with like-minded people, is there is so much power in that. And the economic consequence of not doing it, as I said, is, a, is an impact on your partnership and your business opportunities. Look at the next step of our methodology, the shares methodology. So we're looking at H, that's health. That's obviously what we're talking about here really. So we're talking about the benefit of, uh, or the consequence of poor health in terms of literally your physical health. So if we're looking at um, an overspend on, uh, on healthcare because you're not looking after yourself, you're also probably spending more on food. If you're not looking after yourself, you're probably not prioritizing those whole foods, those, um, those super, super foods. Um, and you're probably also not thinking about things like, um, you know, wear and tear on your body. So going forward, you know, you're not going to sleep as well. You're going to pick up bad habits. Think about the people that are around you as well, what they're doing. The next step on the methodology that we talk about a lot is accountability. So shares, S-H-A, accountability. So are you actually in a group of people or you're, do you have a support system around you of people that are holding you accountable to the things that we are, are talking about, the benefits, the things that we know are good? It's all very well having positive affirmations or following you know, accounts on Instagram that are going to give you positive feedback on, on things you're doing well. But actually, who's holding you accountable? And this is one of the things we try to do on our email list. So every Monday to our club members, I'll send out an email called the Monday morning meeting. And it's something that I got from my corporate days. In a corporate uh, you know, business, we'd have a, an email from the CEO on a Monday and a Friday, whether there's you know, a, a business of 1,000 people or 10,000 people. Every Monday morning, every Friday afternoon, you'd have a summary of what's going on in the business, whether, whether we've, we've bought another business, whether we've had a bad week, a good week. And the, the reason we do that is to hold ourselves accountable of how we've done over a week. We'd also then have meetings you know, throughout the week with our team. Every Monday morning, I'd hold a, a meeting with my team and we would go through what we're gonna be up to today, what we did yesterday, 
what we're hoping to achieve tomorrow, for, you know, for example, and also the blockers we have. You, holding yourself accountable is hard because if you put something on the table and say, I'm going to do this, you then have pressure and stress on yourself that you have to do that. But pressure is a good thing. We need pressure. You know, there's a, a classic example is that diamonds are made under pressure, right? So for example, I'm obviously accountable to my business partners, but I've also got two voluntary accountability partners. So I see accountability partner on a Tuesday and on a Friday. Every week, I'll discuss what we've done in the week. I'll then set up what I would want to do for the next week. And I'll put three different things that I'm going to achieve. And I know that if I go into that meeting and I haven't done those things, that person's going to say, well, you haven't done those things, but I'm going to be, I've let myself down. I've let that person down. I've not taken it seriously enough. And I get more done when I set those goals. So as part of the shares methodology, if we move on, the R is for reflection. So reflection is incredibly important. So it's so easy just to move through your, your life and your business, not thinking about the things that you've done well, done badly, and that you could learn from. And so reflection depends how you learn. So I'm a reflective learner anyway. So if I go into um, you know, a class environment and I have to learn from you know, a whiteboard, I know that I need to make a lot of notes because I won't take it all in there and then. I'll reflect on it later, think back, try and assign some, assign some sort of deep meaning to it, and then therefore I will learn. But also I'll do the same thing with, with our business activities, with our, you know, our, our peer group, our friends. I like to think back on the things we've done, think about what the meaning of things was or is. Um, and I think for me, it helps me align more with what I'm trying to achieve. So I like to look at my small wins, my big wins, the missed opportunities, what I could improve on. And then I can go to my accountability partner and say, you know, I've learned this this week. I may not have achieved what I wanted to set out to achieve, but I've learned quite a lot because I was able to reflect on what's going on. So in the same way that at the Health Entrepreneur Club, we hold you accountable, we get you together. We'd also ask you to write things down and reflect on what's happened, which is incredibly, incredibly, um, incredibly important. So. If we start looking at the next part of the shares methodology, I know I've sidetracked here, but if we go into the E, to education. So education is a lifelong journey. You know, we have to, as entrepreneurs, keep learning. And that is, there's so many things you can learn, obviously. There's so much about business you can learn in terms of actually running the day-to-day -day of your business. So, you know, an example, we spoke to a client last week who was just talking about their team. They're having trouble with their team who are not, you know, not engaged. They're not doing the right things. They don't trust them and therefore they're not able to step away. And actually we were talking about you know, this person was talking about selling their business and we were like, do you actually want to sell your business or do you just want to not have to work 40, 50 hours a week? Would you be happy working three or four hours a week? They said, yeah, I'd love that. That's actually what I want. But I'm thinking of selling because I can't get this team to work. And we're talking about, well, when was the last time you tried to learn about how to improve a team's operations and they hadn't spent any time doing it? And there's so many things that you could do. And one of the most basic things are OKRs, objectives and key results. It's the Google method of sort of uh, setting out strategic goals for your team members. So it's the idea that you set out objectives as an entire company, and then every person in the company, you know, from um, senior management down to whatever the, the bottom level in your company is, have objectives that relate to that overarching mission the company is on. And that's a really simple way to get everyone aligned on your same journey. We see it in other companies here, and they do so well when, you know, the person who is on the least money at the company has the same top level objective as the CEO. They might have different key results, 
because they're not necessarily going to need to run a board meeting and, and find a strategic partner, but they are going to need to clean certain areas of the business to make sure that the customer has the most perfect um, experience in that company, which still goes towards the same strategic, strategic goal. So it's that education piece of, are you always learning? And actually, are you always going out of your way to find other entrepreneurs who might have already done this journey or maybe not, but they have actually found different ways that work for them? Are you, are you actually trying to educate yourself? And the final part of the shares method for us is the surroundings. So are you surrounding yourself with the right people? Are you surrounding your, are you actually in the right surroundings? So do you work well from home? Do you work well from a cafe or should you be in an office environment? Are you surrounding yourself with ambitious entrepreneurs who are on the same journey as you? Do they put their health first? Do they want to grow their business at the same rate you do and take it to the next level? Or are you just surrounding yourself with people that are unhealthy, smoke and are stuck on a, a basic salary that aren't even entrepreneurs? And they don't have they have no um, no vision of where they want to go because that will that will hold you back that was a huge uh, a huge sort of segment to the side of what i want to talk about but the economic impact of health does literally evidence itself through our methodology for the exact reason that we want to improve your journey um, so the next thing i think i want to move on to is investing in health for long-term wealth so proactive health management and if i look at you know the things we can do to help our business um, you, you should, we all look at a long-term goal, right? You should look at, you know, a six, a six month, a nine month, 12 month, maybe an 18 month forecast for your business. But you're also looking at a three-year objective, a five-year objective, and even maybe a moonshot of 10 years where you see yourself being. And it's the same with our health. You know, are you actually looking after your health every day? Or do you still do things like, you know, not go for not go for a walk for a week and you look at your steps and you're doing less than a thousand a day or are you letting your, your body build up the stress to the point of you know you feel completely overwhelmed when you didn't need to there was no need to let yourself get to that point and so how can you be proactive in these things well again it comes down to to habits and being surrounded by the right people but it's that long-term strategy of saying if i do this this and this the good example actually would be my fitness pal so my fitness pal is a free app you can use to track your food you can literally scan a barcode and it will tell you how many calories but also break down the macros so your proteins carbs and fats and it will put it into a file for the day and this is how much you've eaten but what's clever about it is it will then say based on your your height and weight if you continue to eat this amount in six months you will be this weight so say you go in at 90 kilos you're eating 5,000 calories a day. It says in six months time, based on what you've told me today, you're gonna to put on 10 kilos. So you're gonna be less fit. It's assuming that you're gonna be less fit, obviously, because that could be 10 kilos of muscle, depending on how you're training. But if you've told it you're not training, it's gonna say that you're gonna be fatter in, uh, in six, 10 months time, whatever the, the algorithm says. And that's the same with, with, um, with sort of health management, isn't it? Why wouldn't you look at, what you're doing in terms of your health, the benefits, and where you'll be in six months time if you continue to do those, those good things. And looking at the long-term goal, we should always look up. You know, we, a lot of the time we look we look down, and that's great if you're struggling to take the next step because you shouldn't look at the big, the big picture. Just take one step in front of you if you're struggling with blockers. But if you're looking at your health, you should always look up into the future and go, in five years time, do I want to be healthier than I am now? And do I want to grow my business simultaneously? Or would I rather put my health lower and grow my business? Maybe it'll be, it'll be rapid, but I would hazard a guess that it won't be. So, you know, you're, you're basically fighting between stability and instability. 
I went to a really good um, meeting on Friday between the British business group and the American, Canadian, Australian business groups. And it was about well-being. And there was a really good panel, some great people on there, including Scott Armstrong um, and the C CEO of Sigma. And it was an incredible chat they were having. And at the end, they were asking for questions and there was 150, 200 people there and no one asked the question. I thought, I've got a question, I'm gonna ask this because I've had enough experience in corporates to understand that if you're talking about wellness as something that you want to do in the future, you have to be accountable to it. And so my question was about stability. And I believe that well-being and health and actually business growth comes from a stability or stable background. You have to create those habits and be stable and accountable to them. And so my question I said to them was, you know, from my, from my experience, well-being practices and programs are, and tick box exercises are all well and good when there is growth in a company but they're the first things to be taken away when the company becomes less, uh, less healthy, i.e. they're not growing, there's pressure from the shareholders, sales are dropping and redundancies are happening, for example. And their answers were actually quite interesting. So they were saying things like, when a company is in that sort of process, that's, where, that's the time that the employees need them more than ever. That's when you need to be supporting your employees' mental and physical health. And so the well-being activities that they're putting in place to grow their business, you know, and they see that as a massive benefit. That's the 12th largest company in the Fortune 500 Sigma. Sigma. And, th and that, you know, from them saying we're putting these wellness practices in place and we understand that when times are not good, we're going to maintain these, um, these programs. We're not going to take them off the table and save money when time, if times become bad. It showed me a lot of confidence and actually research in what's going on and why health is so important. They've surveyed 800 million people to understand how important health is to their financial goals and their growth goals. And they decided to put this 5% pledge in that every week, every single person in their business has to spend 5% of their time on or thinking about or talking about or doing well-being and wellness activities. And that shows you how important looking after your health is in business. So let's move on to another section. And I want to talk about the import or the prevalence of mental health issues in modern society. So obviously we see a lot of, um, a lot, I don't know actually if that's true. I was gonna say we see more mental health issues in modern society. Maybe actually we're more, um, just more aware of the problems as something that that we can diagnose and we can we can help. Whereas in the past, we didn't know what was going on with people and we therefore segmented them. And mental health is something that we really need to be thinking about as entrepreneurs because, you know, we don't always have that support system of a corporate, of a big business around us to say, okay, you can have you can have a few days off. You know, you should you should really look after yourself. As an entrepreneur, a lot of the time, depending on which phase of entrepreneurship you're in, you are in the business. You know, you have to be there to look after the staff and the, the sales and everything that's going on. And so we need to build that foundation in. And we also need to be able to work reactively. We're talking earlier about proactive health and well-being, but reaction is something we need to be aware of. So if we start to burn out, you know, there's that that um, that wave sort of um, diagram that we see between um, burnout and distraction. And actually, if we understand that as entrepreneurs, we're on this journey, we're on this wavelength journey of um, going from, from burnout to distraction to you know stress to happiness, it's an absolute roller coaster. And so we need to react and be able to diagnose 
when things are becoming a bit too much. And I'm not saying I have the answers to these, but what I'm saying is try to become aware, try to become aware of what's going on in our bodies. And I've said before on previous podcasts and to our um, to our members in the club that I try to write things down. So I've got a spreadsheet I've looked at, which has got all my business KPIs in there. And it's also got how I felt on certain days, you know, what I ate on days, the exercise I did, just to try and track what's going on so that if I start to feel a bit overwhelmed, burnt out, you know, I've got the things in place that I know what I can do as part of, you know, our method, but also I can say, okay, these things created that I believe, and these are the things I'm going to do to stop that happening in the future. And because I'm feeling overwhelmed now, I'm going to do this, this, and this, because I know from the past, this has helped me get over those, those issues. And so I think, you know, what's amazing about modern day society is we understand or we recognize there are, there are these mental issues and we're actually more open to trying to solve them. But obviously, as entrepreneurs, we need to be aware that we are the person responsible and we are accountable to creating those habits that look after us every day. And also that we are constantly being aware, being aware ourselves of what is going on with our own mind and body. It's harder said than done. So I would encourage you to, oh, the dog's just jumped up on the sofa. I hope you can't, I hope you're not distracted by the dog on the sofa if you're watching, but he is here. He's, he's obviously very interested in what I'm saying. Um, so uh, I, want to, I want to encourage you to embrace the sort of a holistic approach to wealth uh, that includes the physical, mental, and emotional well-being side of health. Because like I said earlier, if we can dig down into the foundation of ourselves and building that health to our business, that's when we'll see the incredible growth in our business. And one of the best things about you know the Health Entrepreneur Club is that, yes, we talk about health a lot, but we're really there for our business growth. You know, We understand that health is a tool to help us grow our businesses. It's not something that's completely misaligned. It's not something that is going to waste us time if it doesn't work. Improving your health will definitely work. Growing your business with like-minded entrepreneurs will definitely work and actually you know we've got people in that group and and ourselves included that have such fantastic exposure and experience to different businesses that when we talk and get together things happen and progress is made and that's the piece that i uh, i think for me is a lot is wealth you know it's health it's being together and then it creates that wealth because you're always able to grow your business if you're surrounded by other inspiring entrepreneurs in my opinion so I think that brings me uh, to the end of this this episode. Uh, we're talking about the unlocking the true value of well-being, health being wealth. I hope that was an interesting episode. Do give me some feedback if you think um, you know there was a few things in there that you agree with, you disagree with, if you'd like to elaborate on. I think it was a, a really interesting topic. Do feel free to find us on uh, healthentrepreneurclub.com. Uh, we're also the Health Entrepreneur Club or the Entrepreneur Club, uh, the being the Health Entrepreneur on most social medias. Uh, We've got a lot more podcasts coming. We've got a a great guest uh, this week, uh, an executive coach to many CEOs out here in Dubai. And then we've got a really cool uh, co-host episode again with Mike Jones this week, which we're going to talk about entrepreneurial loneliness, which is a really big topic that I've put out to over 250 of our members today. And I've also put it on LinkedIn just to understand how you guys feel about entrepreneurial loneliness. Does it affect you? Um, Do you acknowledge it and how do you cope with it? So thank you for listening. I hope to catch you again soon.